Welcome back to the Fanboy Planet Podcast, episode 86, Terribly Sexy, part two. Yeah, if you haven't listened to part one, now's the time to go do that. Otherwise, launching into part two, we can't be responsible for the results. This is Rick Brett Snyder. I'm the podcast editor and moral compass for the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And I have one question from a listener who asks, what exactly is it that I'm drinking while I edit the podcast? Well, uh, this evening it's a Crane Lake Merlot uh, Vintage 2005, and it's going down smooth. So, that said, always happy to take those questions and uh, enjoy the show. Don't take the law into your own hands. Thank you. I approve of that message. Okay. All right, but... I like the idea of guys running around. And oh, did we talk about? I'm sorry to to, to sidetrack here but, before we could even get back on the track. Right, right. But uh, did did real fast? Did any of you guys check out the premiere issue of Baggage? Did anybody catch that out? No, I did not. Oh my goodness! I got. Okay, I'll check that out. I got a preview uh, copy of it. You guys should really check it out. Okay. Baggage. Well, it's Baggage. Okay. And I, I want to try and set up an interview with the uh, creator if Thank I can. Thank you, Lon. So, <laughs> we're looking forward to that. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what's happening. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, to speaking of baggage, things that have been weighing Lawn down for weeks is our taunting with different things in and out of the GI Joe movie. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to talk about other things. Okay. No. Last week was it? Last week that they uh, yes uh, last released Wednesday when we were spo- yeah when we were thinking about podcasts. We're like, there's not going to be anything. Thing, and then, and then just as we get down to the store, they release pictures of of Ray Park as Snake Eyes. Now, the only G.I. Joe I have any vested interest in whatsoever because it's the only G.I. Joe I bought. Well, he's iconic. I mean, he's the, you know, you yeah. think of G.I. Joe, yeah, all the best Snake Eyes, yeah. Absolutely. Out of the original 12 G.I. Joes released, uh, I did, it was the only action figure I bought. I had the original one. He was a commando. Yes. Uh, so, intriguing look. Everything about Snake Eyes. So, Ray Park, there you, so you saw your first photo. How are you, ha- what, how are you thinking? Mm, the first, there were two. Did you see the two? I believe I saw two. Yeah. Okay, there's the one where he's got the sword and the gun, and it's essentially he's in like a rubber latex muscle suit, which you know with the right lighting will look good. Um, a couple problems I had with it was just like it didn't look military enough for me. It looked more superhero to me, which. Mm. But shiny. I think Snake Eyes always has looked the most superheroy to me. Uh, you probably you're probably right. And the other the other complaint I had probably was why I bought him. The other complaint I had was they put his tattoo on the outside of his suit, which I don't know. I I almost think I I, I think I don't remember the toys. I almost think they might have had a snake eye toy where he eventually had his tattoo on his shoulder. Maybe Is I'd have it to a go sleeve? back. Sleeve? Could he have the tattoo underneath the sleeve as well? No, no, no. It was it was definitely it's a red right. Is that, is that... it's the red mark that he had on his yeah. shoulder. Mm-hmm. Right. But in the original comic, that was a big reveal. That he came from Cobra originally. No, no, no. Well, that him and Storm Shadow were from the same clan. So he had it on his forearm, always covered up. And so did, I believe, Storm Shadow. They had it in the same place. So when they actually had a battle, it was a big reveal that, whoa, they both, you know, because the whole time Storm Shadow was introduced as this enemy mm-hmm. in this, this badass ninja. And so when they had this confrontation, they were both left apart. And they, it was revealed that, whoa, they have the same tattoo. Now they're connected in somehow, which and when is I'm, a great story but point. What I, what I think is interesting is that, you know, again, pushing uh, Snake Eyes is the first Joe we've seen. And then in an interview mentioning Storm Shadow, 
I think that's going to be the push of the film. Oh yeah, no, I mean I think that's that and I think that's the way to go. That's probably the the, the easiest story line for anyone to follow is that personal battle between the two of them mm-hmm. in the midst of this. I mean, because they're throwing everybody into the pit pot. You've got Destro, you've got the Baroness. And uh, Cobra and were, Commander, and I'm with you. I just, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time. I do think he's a great actor. Oh, and Starscream. Oh, sorry. But yeah, but I'm having a hard time. That uh, it's coming. Uh, don't you worry. <laughs> that's coming. Uh, that I'm having a hard time seeing Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Cobra, Cobra Commander. Commander. I, they had mentioned, I believe it was uh, Access Hollywood had some stuff online this week that had some uh, interviews with different cast members, and they were talking about you know the movie or whatever. And uh, someone had said something that's going to be kind of an origin-type film, like a start-off thing. So, you know, if they look at everybody when they're young and, you know, get them kind of, you know, at the beginning. It's a lot of origins. Maybe, yeah, maybe it could work. I don't know. But also in an interview, uh, what was it, Tatum Channing or Channing Channing, Channing, Tatum? I hate that guy's name. Um, Channing Tatum. Stalker Channing. Got it. Okay. Carol so Tatum. He, t- yes. Tatum O'Neill. Got it. He talks like this. Um, but no, he did. He he's was, playing Duke, isn't he? No, he's playing Dolly. Anyways, uh, so he had oh done. Oh, my goodness. He had done, right. he had done some press. No, let's not start that. Um, no, but he had done some press, and they were. he was promoting that movie Stop Loss, which is a real Iraq War movie. Mm-hmm. It opens this week, I believe. And so by the time were, you hear this, uh, it's open. And so they'd ask him, oh, so you're doing another war movie, G.I. Joe. And he kind of went, no, nah, it's not really another war movie. Uh, he said, it's, it's, it's different. It's a totally different type. And then he basically said, it's X-Men. It's X-Men. I'm just doing the X-Men. And so it was kind of like almost – it was funny in all the interviews I saw. It almost seemed like nobody was really proud of that role. You know what I mean? Like they talked to Dennis Quaid. So you're playing General Hawk in G.I. Joe. And he's kind of like – yeah, yeah, I am, you know. <laughs> and they talked to Santa Miller. Oh, you're in this new... Oh, I'm uh, playing the, the Baroness. You know, it was like nobody really seemed, like, excited to be, you know, in G.I. Joe, you know. And then especially, you know, the guy who's playing Duke is like, oh, yeah, it's just, I'm just doing the X-Men, whatever, well, who, you know. Who, who is playing Duke then? No, that's uh, Stalker Channing. Channing. That's Channing Tatum, yeah. okay. Or Tater, Tater Tots, Tater Channing or whatever his name is. Uh, uh, yes. I, I, it's hard. Okay, it it's is. too many syllables. That, yeah. We should move on. Lon's having a meltdown. He is. I am losing it. Okay. Well, let's Yo, move, Joe. Let's oh, move. no, no. One last thing of this, of this really? report. Really? Because I had a segue. Okay, go ahead. No, no, no. One last thing was in the, in the article, it, it said, and it's possible that in the movie, the phrase, now I know, and knowing is half the battle, might make it into the movie. And I was like... Why would you make it a point to include that cheesy G.I. Joe PSA line in your big picture? Like, I was just like... I'd rather see that than I'm the juggernaut bitch. Well, you're probably going to see it. Yeah, so. I'm fine with that. Okay. I'm fine with that. I as mean, little, As a little know, nod or something? Because, again, to me, look, it's G.I. Joe. It's like watching Transformers. They're toy lines. I just want when it happens, the guy who says it looks at the audience and winks. <laughs> That's what I want. I and want someone. Totally to, I, I want someone to look at like a GI Joe's been shipwrecked for like three months, and they find him and they go, "Wow, you got lifelike hair and beard. <laughs> Some kung fu grip you got there, huh?" 
yeah. wait, is one of them an eagle eye Joe? You know, I mean, I, I, if, if so someone you don't, you don't really if, if care so, if someone says they're like a, I do. No, I don't. Okay. If someone says they're a fighting man from head to toe, I'll be happy. I want to nod to my Joe, the twelve-inch guys. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I want one guy to walk on. And they'll say he'll say, you know, you're well, too you're, tall. Leave. You're a land adventurer. You've got you? a scar on your. I cheek. want I want one of them to pull their dog tag in order to talk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Joe. I want I want the, the the Buddha idol and the cobra. You know the, these boots never fit. Yeah, you know I want. So all I'm saying is I understand. Look, it's an integral part of your childhood. <laughs> no, but also to understand takes off the boot and his foot's still stuck inside of it. No, but also understand. Damn it! I hated that. <laughs> they're doing a story off the real American hero line. Yes, which yes. was my generation's line. So yes. you have to understand that that's if they're gonna pick. That line. If you're gonna do a GI Joe and then encompass all the toys and everything else, I can see that. Because it's all about. But Bond. you're picking the real American hero line, which has an established canon and mm-hmm. should be respected. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. And I, and I gotta say though, it always bothered me. Always. I taught. I was working at daycare centers when those when the the cartoons were really popular, and it always bothered me that we'd see the kids and they'd be playing with their figures and they were so locked into continuity. Now I realize. It's no different now if I have my, you know... Marvel character. Yeah, if I have a Marvel character or whatever, it's kind of... But when you got your original G.I. Joe, you... You had no continuity. Had no continuity. It was just... You were just whatever like, adventure... I'm a soldier. You... I'm one faceless person among well, thousands. But I that was all because of, of Larry Hama's, I'm you know... Yeah, no, he I had mean, made those little uh, battle cards on yeah, the back. No, I, I give credit to Hama. I, mean, I give credit to Hama. Yeah. It's, uh, you know... It's they just, created some magic. It's just, again, I'm looking for a movie that's fun... And I'm sorry, I don't have a vested interest. And but I do understand. It's like I've said, you know. Look, Speed Racer, I I find myself curiously completely caught up. And and if they break anything in in my concept of how it should be, I'm going to be oh man, you know. So I do get it. I just it's just we can relate on we can relate on that level. I'm just you know. Yeah, but hey. at least you got a good actor in your movie. You got Emil Hirsch, so he is a good actor. He's a dang good. I got actor. Tater Channing, so I, I, mean. I got. Uh, and I don't forget who I got as Racer X. I got Matthew Fox, <laughs> with no tear ducts, <laughs> no tears. Okay. You can't see him behind the glasses. You can't. He's crying inside. Yeah. I always felt that about Racer X. Always. I did finally see the European version of that commercial, and he's he's like so gritting his teeth as <laughs> he blurs awesome? lines. Isn't it awesome? Perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. I really want careful speed. It's getting ugly out there. I can hardly wait to yeah. see that film. Like these subtle plugs for Speed Racer keep showing up. They're not even on my on my itinerary. But what is on my itinerary is a is this a win or a loss for fans? Fanboys, which we talked about a few weeks ago, that the five hundred first Squadron or five hundred first Legion, Vader's Fist, was uh, boycotting the Weinstein Company's film called Fanboys because because. Uh, the original script, the original version shot by a, a director named Kyle Newman. Has he done anything else, Lon, that you're aware of? I, I'm unaware. I, I don't know. And I want to, again, because I wrote an article about this on Monday night, and I want to, again, give the caveat. As far as I know, this movie could be great. This movie could suck. I have not seen it. I have no idea. I just like the concept. Was that it takes place in 1998, these five Star Wars fans, one of them has uh, has cancer and uh, is likely to die before The Phantom Menace is released. So he his friends decide to take a road trip and break into Skywalker Ranch and steal a print so he can see Episode One before he dies. 
And along the way, they have wacky misadventures, blah, blah, blah. I like the idea of throwing the road trip comedy in with it. It's kind of a bittersweet, uh, melancholy underpinning. Their motivation is selfless. Yeah, it's kind of a comp. It's kind of making the potential for a complex film. I I don't know because I haven't seen it. I saw a trailer. It was on the Pulse DVD last year. I watched it. It was really funny. It's got uh, the guy that has the cancer is Jay Barrochell, who's been a Judd Apatow uh, semi-regular, was on the Undeclared series and was in um, Knocked Up. Uh, so I think he's a good actor. Seth Rogen makes a, makes an appearance. Uh, you know, so a, lot of, a lot of Apatow guys. So the news this week but, is... Yeah, but what it, the, why the 501st was boycotting was they had donated their time. So a lot of they saved a lot of money on extra work, extras work, by getting these by getting the five hundred first to show up because the five hundred first some people lose track of they 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 are a charity organization for cancer research so clearly their mission dovetailed with the message of the film or a theme of the film sound like there. the perfect marriage too Star Wars movie about cancer a, a charity organization about cancer mm-hmm. with Star Wars involved. Yeah, it's like a absolutely, Reese's peanut butter absolutely. cup. And apparently, this film was a, this cut was a was a celebration of Star Wars fandom and appreciating all the you know a lot of inside jokes and Kristen Bell. So I, I can't fail to mention that. Uh, but the Weinstein Company got it, and they hired a director named Stephen Brill. And I can't remember what he's done. A couple of things that I've seen the credits and gone, eh, it's all right. And apparently, he recut it took all references out to, of the cancer, so taking away that story motivation, and turned it kind of into a movie that sort of made fun of Star Wars fans instead of celebrating Star Wars fandom, at least from the perspective of the 501st. And again, not having seen either, I don't know. Uh, but and So they, they're upset on two stands. Yes, and they were, and, and they were asking cancer and that we all boycott superhero ship. movie, and there's an official online organization oh, really? to boycott superhero movie because it's a Weinstein Company film. Damn. Well... Look, we're gonna see it, uh, but they didn't. They're not bothering with press screenings, as I figured. I mean, they don't have high hopes for this being like a brilliant film, superhero movie. But you know, it might be fun. Eh, you know, Lon, Lon made me pay money for epic movie. I so sure why is. are they? Pro- so they're protesting. But what was the news that was released? This so the week? news was released after they did a after they did somebody did a YouTube video that about Darth Weinstein. Uh, they. Uh, the Weinstein Company released a, a, pre- a press release on Monday that the DVD release will feature both versions of the film. Uh, kind of what we thought. So you can make up your mind. Not, but that no, was... I thought your article said you but had the... to buy the two disc version. Yes. So yes. there's probably going to be a single disc version that'll just be the that'll theatrical just be the theatrical. Release. But that you're probably going to have to pay. But extra. the question is, they're still not resolving that there's a theatrical release, which leads to, to me that true that they they don't you know. That they don't have a lot of faith in They this don't have movie. a fa- faith in this movie one yeah. way or the other. But we'll at least have a chance to see it the way it was originally meant to be seen. I'd say history tells me that when the Weinsteins meddle with comedies, I've had a lot of issues. I think uh, Terry Gilliam did The Brothers Grimm, and apparently it was the Weinsteins were really super involved in that, and I think ruined that movie. So, you know, I, I'm going to side with the 501st side unseen on this. It's hard that, to make Terry Gilliam not funny. Yeah. Uh, but they did it, yeah. So um, unless he's purposely doing it, you know, and so exactly. So I think that uh, I'm going to side with the five hundred first sight unseen that the original deeper film. It'll be interesting to see, you know, just is it. I don't know if this is a blow for 
you know, we're trying to get more complex complexity in film, or you know, we'll what's going to win see. out? We'll have to we'll see. Have to see. But it's kind of it's interesting to note. We'll see in the future. Uh, a film I saw last night that's already opened up in England uh, and played, but it has sort of a lot of uh, credentials that tie into the fanboy thing. Run, fat boy, run, not run, fanboy, run. That looked really good. Run. It was a it was a sweet movie. Yeah, it, and. I, I read a there's a little press press pool. It's Simon Pegg, isn't it? Si, Simon Pegg, yeah. Who, of course, then CNN interviewed at the premiere party Monday night, and he g- gave out a little tidbit about Star Trek because he's playing Scotty, and he said basically, you know, look, there's yeah, I'm not going to make it my own role. It's James Doings, and I kind of like that attitude. It's like, look, you know, everybody, these guys are the Star right. Trek characters are iconic. You know, don't give it this bold new spin. It's like. Oh, you're an angry Scotsman. You're, cha- yeah. <laughs> you're the engineer. You should probably drink during the movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then, so I'm like, okay, that's good. Yeah. So it was Simon Pegg uh, starring in a film with uh, it was David Schwimmer Ross from Friends directed from a screenplay originally written by Michael Ian Black uh, from the state. And um, does he start off in a fat suit or is he just kind of no? He's just or? a little. He's just a little pudgy. Okay. Uh, you know, it's kind. Of, and it was kind of a, the plot was that he was basically this guy who. Um, he he got his girlfriend pregnant at the he, and at the altar he panics and and leaves and runs away. So you got that motif. And then five years later, she's been nice enough to kind of le- let him stay in the son's life. And um, but he's out of shape. He's overweight. He's just kind of blah blah blah. And she's met this new super rich guy um, who runs marathons. And so he determines that that he's going to run this marathon with the guy in order to prove that he can he can you know at least finish one thing he started you know, and they keep... wait a minute wait a minute Simon Pegg's playing a lovable loser yeah. and never finishes anything and yes. then it's kind of like Space to... isn't it it's, it's kind of like uh, Shaun, Shaun of the, the Dead. Dead and kind of like everything else Shaun of the Dead not been... Hot Fuzz oh you're right uh-huh. that, was different. that was different yes maybe that's why I like that yeah Look, you know, if you're going to get on a guy's, you know, it, people have personas. People like seeing them. No, I can't. I mean, dude, every Will Ferrell movie's the same. So I mean, yeah, I can't, yeah. yeah. So it was cute. It's it's good British sensibility, but uh, I thought you know fairly funny. Hank Azaria plays the guy that's uh, the rich rich dude oh, without an accent, so he's like the one American in the film, and uh, it was it was pretty fun. Going to be surprised. a hit or just mediocre? Ah, kind of kind of like a sleeper, kind of a Juno mm-hmm. level kind yeah. of thing, because it's not one of those that's like. Uh, immediately it's funny i i found a lot of things you know ridiculously funny for maybe the wrong reasons like there's this guy david walliams who is a member of, well a member two-man troop that does little little britain a series i think is hilarious now i don't know you know i think the guys the guy catches little character details that a lot of actors don't and i'm like it's impressive but for me to describe his cameo is to ruin it but you know as so i'm not going to but it's like is that funny to somebody else i don't know I found it very funny, and mm-hmm. my friend I went with, he, he laughed his butt off, and you know, so we, you know, it was fun. It was a good movie. All I right. like Simon Pegg. It's lazy to say it's Shaun of the Dead meets a rom com, though. It's just Simon Pegg. That's all, and I like Simon Pegg. So we go to television, but it's, but it's not lazy though. If if you said he follows the same character kind of thing, I guess there are no zombies in Run Fat Boy Run. They're not chasing him. That's not why he's running. <laughs> but in Shaun of the Dead. He was a similar character, and he was doing a lot of running. Yes. So there was your comparison. It's more like space. <laughs> your <Okay>. witness. <laughs> uh, okay, I can't. You're all right, Lon. You're defending a quote whore. Good for you. Good I was for just you. playing devil's advocate. Yeah. That's all. yeah. Devil's 
Lord. All right, so um, the <laughs> the uh, let's go to TV, shall we? Mm. Speaking of slackers, Reaper came back. Did it? It did. Reaper's been on. How for, did I miss that? Because uh, it's on Thursday nights against Lost. Oh, so what we're oh, saying that was is that brilliant programming is that two shows that appeal to a certain demographic are scheduled head to head. Who was the ad wizard who came up with that one? Sorry, that was from Saturday Night Live. Anyways, um, yeah, who at the CW was was thinking like programming? Hey, you know what? Let's put it up Thursdays at nine. I don't really announce it. Yeah, and, and not promote of, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've got this great show that everybody was really into and excited. Got a lot of press. And why, wait, why did they even move? What was on, what, Tuesdays? It was on, Mon- wasn't it Monday nights? No, it was Tuesday nights, I think. I don't know. I was TiVoing it for... <laughs> Me <quite> too. <laughs> it's like, what, what, what did they I have to put on Tuesday? It, why? I just I didn't find that much going for it. After, like, four shows, I was going, okay... And I know what the devil's going to do at the end, and I know it's going to. You know, yeah, see, you. I you loved are, it. Now, they, I did, they, did a, a, they did. They did. They did. Figure out how this one works. Now they did establish and, a formula, and now, and though that part of the formula is still there, they've also broken with the tradition. They've got a, a subplot with a with him dating someone else who is likely the devil's daughter, and uh, then in this last episode, they introduced Michael Ian Black, and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, shoot. Uh, but he was in the ten uh, as well. Uh, but he was a member Show of the Walter. state. Show, uh, not Showalter, but he uh, he was a member of the state as well. Wayne David Wayne. No, the guy that was on Men Behaving Badly, the one that probably has the most the most mainstream acting career, and which is a shame now that I can't think of his name. And I'm sorry because he's actually well, he's really good. Not one of the guys from Stella, right? No, he's not one of the guys from oh, Stella. Okay. He's had a he really has legitimately had a mainstream acting career. Like I've seen him on like cop shows and stuff in mm, Law and Order. Anyway, that, but you uh, know, I just realized why they moved him off a of Tuesday. Why American Idol? No, yeah, yeah. everything everything's yeah. running away from American. Yeah, Idol. Everybody's afraid of American Idol, so it makes sense. But I mean, don't I mean, put it at Thursdays at eight. Yeah, that that actually would pull people away who are only marginally into American Idol. True, but and when American Idol does twenty million views in a night, I but mean, the overlap between Lost and this show is much stronger. Sure, yeah, I agree. absolutely, absolutely. And I think the show has gotten better in its plotting. It's it's still a little formulaic, but it's had some really loopy guest stars. Patton Oswalt was on, was a great great episode, a great guest star. I think for a fanboy show, it's great. I love Jamie it. Kennedy. Uh, you see, I love a couple the, weeks ago with the would be rock star. Here's the whole thing with the story. I love the interaction between the main character and his sidekick. I like his interaction yeah. with him and the devil, and it's basically just it's essentially a coming of age story. With you know weird fanboy, whatever subplots, but it's essentially it's just it's a teen dramedy or comedy. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like he's basically he wants to get the girl, hangs out with his drunk buddies, you know, has some fun, and then yeah, solves some crimes. Time, but uh, so, it just it wasn't going anywhere for me. After I thought it four had five some episodes. very some very clever moments. I will admit I that there, have sock. Some, there have been subplots that just like they brought up and then just sort of dropped and they haven't gotten back to yet. Uh-huh. But again, I think like the writer strike messed things up. Yeah. You know, it messed up honestly. It messed up the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oddly, I think I wa- started watching it during the writer strike when they were doing reruns. Uh, I think of, I of Reaper, mi- yeah, yeah, Reaper. I missed, the but original. you know, like the Sarah Connor Chronicles, supposed to be thirteen episodes. We got that cliffhanger that wasn't supposed to be a cliffhanger. That's just you know, Fox hasn't committed yet to yeah. more episodes. 
What was the so, cliffhanger? I forgot. Everything blows up. Yeah, basically. Oh, right, 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 yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a surprise! What a surprise! Thank you, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> but you they know, were the first ones to actually end yeah. seasons with everyone dying, so that if anybody didn't want to come back on contract, they yes. could just write them out. Uh, you know, so I, I don't believe that. It would, but that wasn't even meant to be the cliffhangers. My, yeah, my point. Yeah. And you know, we're going to be feeling those repercussions from the writer strike. The writer strike could not save Jericho. Apparently, this show that uh, no, it, well, I don't know. The writer strike couldn't save it, but then the fans did save it temporarily. Once, yes, by sending cans of nuts to the studio last year at the end. I don't understand fandom. Of, uh, I, yeah, don't feed the homeless. Let's send nuts to the studios. If you want to save the moron life, send in lawn so plushies. Send morons. <laughs> what kind of nuts do you like, lawn? <laughs> you know what kind. Salty. Yeah, so Jericho had like a six, got a six episode second season. They really compressed the storytelling, and apparently it became more like a miniseries and good thing because yeah. it looks like it didn't get renewed. You know, I didn't really watch it when it came out. I had a friend who loved it, so we ended up watching it one night, and I was just calling, ah, eh, I have the first season eh. on DVD. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I watched most of the first season, and I just found it towards the end to be kind of just painful to watch. I just, I, yeah, I wasn't that's too bad. I, I really like Ski Dulrick. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched a couple of the episodes after they came back from the writer's strike, and I felt that that was actually moving the story along nicely. And I think I'll, you I'll think probably watch the, the final, the concluding Too little, episode. too late? Yeah, too little, too late. That's too bad. Mm. One that we are glad it's back. Ready? Go ahead. Big Bang Theory. Yes. You know, I have to say that I did not know the new episode was coming back. And so I uh, was checking the TiVo, and I was like, "Oh, Big Bang!" Huh? I I told it to not replay, you know, record repeats anymore. <laughs> so I went and looked at the description, oh, no. and it was all 2008. And I was all, "Hey!" And so I checked Merry it out. Christmas to me. Yeah, and I was like, I had a little <laughs> surprise Easter. waiting in my TiVo. I was so excited. I, yeah. I yeah I, I I missed it when it came back. I watched the the, the return episode on online CBS actually. I gotta say, the CBS website probably the least buggy of the interfaces to show uh, to show their televisions. I, you know, I've watched things on NBC had had problems galore on NBC.com. Not too bad. ABC's not too bad. I've watched a couple things on ABC and gone, eh, okay. I, I catch up with Lost on that. Yeah. I had the first episode came back and I had Debbie come into the living room. I said, "Sit down. If you don't laugh out loud at least once in the first five minutes, I won't bother you at all about this again." She she just laughed all through the you know the that business with the remote control car is just <laughs> oh like my God. that would be me. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> it was wrong, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, and, and back to the and the, the funniest thing for me, of course, because you know again working for catastrophic comics and trying to convince them that look. You know, the Grand Spring Hero thing is the right thing to trade on. At the end of that episode, they have the two geeks in China. Yes. And one oh, of them was wearing, and was wearing the, the Grand American Hero shirt. And I'm yeah. like, hey, come on. Like, you know. So I, it was. You know, I heard about that. Did you notice they switched the uh, How I Met Your Mother and. Uh, no, and, I didn't notice and, that because uh, I've never watched Big it. Big Bang Theory? No. They, it, used to be, uh, it used to be switched around. And it turns out that Big Bang Theory has a stronger following than How I Met Your Mother, and so it's now leading into How oh, I Met Your I Mother. That. See, that's interesting because yeah. How I Met Your Mother, I thought was a very popular show. It is. It is. So that's just, good just news because I do feel that the Big Bang Theory is a sitcom written for me. Yes. And you know what? One thing we should point out: if if people that have been watching it and haven't picked it up, especially you know this is if you have the TiVo. 
You got to pay attention to the produ- the producer's notes oh, at the, the very end, yeah. end of the show. Chuck Lorre, who had done that you know, with Dharma and Greg, yes. I, you know, was oh, I was for that. I didn't know that. So I knew that. Um, I think the other show he produces is Two and a Half Men. Does the same? Do they? Okay. Yes, they have it too. Yeah. And th- I think there's another one as well because I know I'd seen it before. But as well. his his end card last week referred to the two episodes, uh, the two shows he writes. So I think it's Two and a Half right. Men. Right now, now. I thought now. that's kind of cool though. It's like, you know, you're, you you. You have this show where you've got 30 minutes to fill or 20-something minutes to fill or whatever, and you don't really get to put your own little take in there or whatever. And it's like you have this one frame to just say whatever you want. It's on for half a second. Yeah, and it's like – but if you – you know, now with the days of TiVo or, you know, DVRs, you can just hit that pause – yeah, and you can read the well, whole thing. It, it, like, it freeze framed brilliantly on the website on CBS dot com. So I, you know, do you, I, not, do you not? Do you, maybe you don't remember the the one place they used that also was the last episode of Babylon Five. I never watched Babylon after the 5, credits no. ran. They did like fifteen seconds of single frames of everybody who was involved in the show, mm. like oh, group cool. shots. Yeah, but it just went by like that, and you had to go back and, and oh, that's very cool. Freeze frame cool. through it. Mm. So I'm I'm pleased the Big Bang Theory is back and I'm laughing my butt off and hey, look any sitcom that will make a joke about Candor I'm not positive that the, the continuity bottled, was the right city of Candor was it the capital city of Krypton yeah I think it was it was the capital uh, all right I'm, I'm gonna go for it I yeah. just, you know what I I noticed when I saw that episode I think the blonde chick's growing on me she is I didn't she is I didn't really find her that attractive the first couple times and like. I don't know if she's doing I something she's different with her hair out. or something. I don't know, but she's I found her a lot. I think oh, it's no, no, there was the the one point she got me was when they were going Professor Farman Farman in the latest episode. You saw no, that. I didn't I see the latest, latest episode. And, and well, when you see it, she there's this there's this thing where they're going to a conference by Professor Farman Farman, and she has to say the sentence, and she's standing next to Leonard, and she goes, she goes Professor Farman Farman, and Leonard goes. Very good. And she just goes, <laughs> did it right. I thought when she, uh, in the previous episode, when she ended up trying to blow him up with her mind. Yes. Picking, just picking yes. up the scanners yes. thing. And the fact, and that's what I love about it. It's like, it is. You know you know some idiot that decided, that that's the weakness in, in, in Leonard, that, you know, he would believe that the scanner's ability is real. <laughs> just like, awesome. Yeah. Let me do a little... Uh, a throwback because I got a I got a, a, an email this week from Sony. They're releasing uh, the complete Get Smart series on DVD. Oh, awesome! Just in time for the new movie this right. summer. Right, but you know, see, and and Rick remembered that uh, there's an ad on Fanboy Planet from the Time Life for the complete Get Smart as well, and that's what I thought. I went, wait a minute, I have this huge box set, which I think once again I got to say, the single best box set I've ever had, just in the way the packaging is, consistently funny show, amazing. Um, no, the, the Get Barbara Smart... Feldin? Barbara Feldman? Barbara uh, Feldman. Uh, terribly sexy to come up with a catchphrase for the show, uh, for this episode. But, um, no, the Get Smart series that they're selling from Sony is only seven episodes long. So I'm reading deeply going... Wait, was it like a special 80s movie they did? It was like... the 90s series oh. on Fox uh-huh. with Don Adams and Barbara Feldon. Uh-huh. However, Whoa. the lead was actually Maxwell Smart's son, played by, I know, one of your favorites, uh-huh. Andy Dick. What? Yes. Seven episodes. So that's coming out in time for the movie. My advice, people, if you're confused by these two, ad- now I'll probably write to Sony and say, yeah, let me take a look at that. 
because I'd never watched it. But my guess is on Fox in the early 90s, you only lasted seven episodes. There, there were reasons. Reason. There was yeah. a reason. Um, I mean, it's no Shasta McNasty, but I mean... Oh, that know. was a UPN series oh, anyway. Oh, sorry. Okay. But uh, my advice is to go back, click on that link on the side of Fanboy Planet, and if you can afford it, get that complete set. What also caught my attention about it was, and I know Rick is willing to go with, believe me, up to a point that occasionally I read the Wall Street Journal, and I don't think Lon is, but uh, but uh, but no I do. No comics page. I do. There's no comics page. I just page. read it for the articles. What's the point? So, but I happened, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal this week about what a groundbreaking series Get Smart actually was. That was tying into, obviously, the coming upcoming film with Steve Carell. I'm going to say Steve Carroll. Good Lord. Uh, Steve Carell. And which I am looking forward to, but uh, talking about how many boundaries it broke and how the network really did not understand what they had ordered with this thing and how, you know, it, it kind of, and as you found this an ironic statement. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks and Buck Henry. Smart. Yeah. It created this in 1965, so before really even Mel Brooks had done the 12 chairs. These were just two guys that had written on your show of shows. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, how they really, this article was pointing out how they kind of, and you found that ironic, paving the way for sophisticated comedy, but really lowbrow humor and high satire. Like, and, I, and it was weird because they're describing an episode that I do remember, I haven't watched yet on the, on the DVD set, with Farley Granger, who was in uh, Strangers on a Train and Rope for Hitchcock, really good actor in the 50s, and he showed up on... on uh, on Get Smart as an agent of chaos who was uh, also a Hollywood Hollywood movie studio executive. They said, I was in between projects. They were advertising for a criminal mastermind. I felt I could, I, I could use something different on my credits to make me look good. <laughs> so, and, you know, like there was this satire ahead of its time there where, you know, the awareness of what you know, a lot of their audiences at the time weren't understanding the jokes being done. It was a terrific satire, and it was in, in the... The beginning of the heat of the secret agent uh, spy movie series. Well, the mandate, it's kind of interesting. And, of course, it makes perfect sense to say this now, is that the studio, the network went to whatever studio produced it and said, look, the two biggest movie characters right now are James Bond and Inspector Clouseau. What can you give us that combines both? And I thought, yeah, at yeah, 65, exactly. that would have exactly been. I mean, you know, the yeah. first Pink Panther shot in the dark, you know, before the actual movie, Inspector Clouseau. So, no you know, and Bond was, you know, so yeah. it just it makes a lot of sense. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those probably for the for, for months where I'm going to be coming back to when we get to the, get that box set. Because really, it's totally worth it. It's, the, it's you know. And it, it, so it's, don't get the seven... I don't know yet. I don't know yet. We'll we'll have to take a look at it. But uh, my guess is, buy the box set. Don't buy the seven episode. What was uh, Andy Dick's son? What was the character's name? Um, Do we know Maxwell? I don't know. He might have been Maxwell Smart Jr. That's how uncreative it felt. And and like Max was head of control. And I think there are some things that you Max was not head of control. Oh, he was in the, in, in in the, the series? In the, oh. in the sequel series, yes. Yeesh. No, I know, which doesn't make sense. No. The whole point is that, you know, what makes contr- makes that series funny it's is the how... the juxtaposition between the very be- straight man... The, and like in the trailer, the great thing, have you seen the trailer for it where, where he asks to act, they tell him he's going to go into active duty, and they, and they say, he says, may I ask for the cone of silence please <laughs> and then he turns away from them and he goes yes this is the greatest day of my life ever yes 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 and they go uh, 
Max, we failed to activate the cone of silence. <laughs> that kind of joke, I love that, you know. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for the film, and and now it's like you got to go back and look through that box set. So we have one major. Well, go ahead. Well, you got, I, there was one other thing that I was going to mention, which was two weeks ago. We you said there were three episodes left of Legion of Superheroes on Saturday morning, but I think this weekend. They're showing the last two at the same time. They may be okay because it's a two. It's an hour long. Then they are, and it's called Dark Victory, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's the resolution of the Kryptonian, the uh, the Imperiax, Imperiax, and uh, Brainiac, and uh, yes, the, and Brainiac, the Superman Brainiac clone. One's programming starts overriding Brainiac Fives, right. Oh, I so look forward to having to explain that one to my son. It looks it looks like a good episode from the I'm trailer. sure it is, you know, and there's the thing. I I'm really kind of bitter that the kids WB, which by the way, with Spectacular Spider-Man, highest ratings in their history. It's a good show. I yeah. watched the third so episode last they've night. They've already decided that they are not going to be kids WB anymore. They're gonna be just like preschool programming next fall. At the time that they're doing better than they ever have, with otherwise Completely random programming around a great superhero block. Yeah. You had the Batman, which had really hit its stride. You had Legion Superhero, have Legion Superheroes, which is great, and Spectacular Spider-Man, which I think is a really good series. Yep. Surrounded by this thing, World of Quest, you Skunk forget, Fu. I mean, you got to say Legion Superheroes is a double hitter because you got Superman in there too. Yeah. Young Superman. As far as as far although as what I've noticed the last kids few episodes, being exposed to characters, yeah. But as far as I, the last few episodes, and I didn't catch what had happened, but they don't seem to be using Young Superman. They're using that future version, right? A lot. So he's uh, more interesting. He's part of the Dev uh, about the uh, Dev M and yeah. and he's I mean he's the Mon L stand-in. I thought it was yeah. a clever way to have a Mon L stand-in without trying to figure out how exactly you explain him. So Emperex, he's part of the Emperex Emperex storyline. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So by this, by the time we get this up, probably that it will rest in peace. Legion Superheroes this might make it out before they. Okay. End. Well, I'm waiting for the DVD set. Yeah. Because I really didn't pay that much attention to the series the first season, and then this season I'm getting totally into it. And so I think there are like three episodes are out on DVD, and that's it. And it's like, come on, give us our season set. Season set. My son really. That's just for the four-year-old man. Come on, Warner Brothers. My son's really into it, and it's, it's thrilling, you know. But they've just—it's been the bastard stepchild of, of, uh, of the animated series, like because there's no toys, there's no anything. And oh my gosh, I mean, how cool! Give me a bouncing boy ball or something, you know? Come on, something—a a lawn plushie, a lawn plushie, bouncing boy right there. Okay, I'd buy that. Speaking, of, hey, bouncing boy, come in here. Um, we got boing, uh, oh, boing. We got WrestleMania this weekend. Do we not? Yes, we do. Do we care? Um, you know what's funny is I talked to uh, our good buddy Mike Flores, who is a wrestling fan as well, and you know it's I don't know what the big draw is this weekend. I mean, the big hype fight is the which I just still do not understand the Floyd Mayweather, which is the legitimate boxer who's actually the best boxer in the world right now, is fighting the Big Show. And didn't even realize the big show was back. He came back and it's it's getting mainstream press and mainstream coverage, but everybody knows it's you know, it's a show, so it's like I don't know, it's just one of those things where like that's that's your one of your big hyped 
Is Big Show still an manager. active wrestler? Or he, is he just, just kind came of standing back, on the line. Or? He just came back. He actually lost a lot of weight. He, I guess, in real life, he was training to actually be a boxer. Um, oh. So he he took a lot of boxing training, and that's why he was out for the longest. He was injured too for the longest time. But uh, so that's their not their main main event. The main event, of course, is Triple H, Randy Orton, and uh, John Cena for the heavyweight title. Who's gonna win? Nobody really seems to care. I seem to think that Triple <laughs> H. Be a <laughs> I seem to think Triple H is going to get the belt on him. But is Adam still here? Adam. Adam. So he's um, coming. He's coming. Oh, is he? Okay. He said no, and he's walking towards us. Grab a chair. You might need a chair. No, it's oh, a, just it, it maybe it may be one of Adam's patented. This is where you insert one-word Adam, reviews. Adam's wrestle music as he comes down the ramp. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so I'm basically telling about the Mer- the Mayweather fight. Uh, the triple uh, the work on the twenty million dollar payday. Right, right. They had basic. Yeah, that was the other hype. Is that Floyd Mayweather supposedly got twenty million dollars for this match, which we all think is BS, yeah. and he probably only got about five. Now but. you do realize that at the same time the WWE has launched WWE Kids. I just read an article about that too, but wow. Well, while we have Adam here, let's let's finish on the WrestleMania. Thing. Okay, Adam, you're a wrestling fan. Are you excited for WrestleMania this year? No, not at all. Okay, why do you think that is? There is no matches. The only match that would interest me would be the Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels match. Yeah, we, only because it's going to going to be his last match. Yeah, the, the, that's the other big hype is Ric Flair will most likely reti- retire this Sunday. Other, uh, other than that, everything is pretty much predictable. And I do understand Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels are both great workers. Yes, so yeah, it that should would be, be a good match. Should be a good match. We'll see. Just, they're gonna they're gonna ruin it. You know, the triple threat match. I don't really care about. Who do you think is going to get the title? Triple H. That's what I thought. I think it's either Triple H or Cena. I just don't see Randy Orton walking out of there with the mm, title. No. Undertaker, I believe he's going to win. They're not going to end his streak. Yeah, that's the other big hype thing. Undertaker's been 15-0 so 15-0 in WrestleMania. 15-0 at every WrestleMania. He's never lost a WrestleMania match. So they're kind of hyping that, you know, oh, he might. You know, he's fighting Edge. So there's Edge little... has his edge heads, and they're going to beat. He's going to be the first one to end the streak. Which will um, be interesting to see. Money in the Bank match. Ever since Jeff Hardy got suspended for whatever alcohol, drugs, yeah, whatever he, he's on. Jeff Hardy has been suspended for 60 days for no longer, substance abuse policy. Yeah, he's no longer in the Money in the Bank match, so that takes all most of the excitement out. Again, well, I have to ask, real life or? No, in real life, he, okay. he <laughs> abused the substance abuse policy, which they instated to, you know, to uh, yeah. after the whole Benoit really, incident. It wasn't like Trish Status uh, tricked him into no, you know, no, no, no. injecting and, and something. And in real life, the poor guy gets suspended, and, his and the next fire. week his, his house burns to the ground. He loses everything. So he had a terrible week a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, l- luckily, you know, they were all out of town. Right. but you know, They did lose their dog, unfortunately, oh, yeah. which was sad, but... You know, so that guy had a rough week, and, and in real life, in real life, Shakespearean so drama. Hard to know, right. no, Rick, it's not. <laughs> but, no? uh, but so yeah, no. Uh, then, then of course you have the Big Show taking on Floyd May- Money Mayweather. You know, it just sucks to see the Big Show on his giant comeback match going to have to lose to a 155 pound guy. Right, exactly. There's no, there's no way that WWE is going to let Big Show win. Right, and the thing is, the Unless guys like Big Show goes off script. The guy's like seven foot. Mayweather's what five something or you five know? three, 155 pounds taking yeah. on the seven foot right. four thirty something pounds. So it's show. it's going to be so a it's really terrible just a freak match. show. Yeah, it's that's <laughs> yeah. all it is. It's like it's just ridiculous. Be bringing uh, rope and grappling equipment, uh, <laughs> yeah. repelling up. And that's down. what you really like. But, you watch them stand next to each other and you go, "How are they even going to fight?" Like the the worst part about it is, you know, it's, it's going to boil down nut shot. Right, it's uh, going to boil down to a boxing match. 
Right. That's right. the only way that they can even pass off Mayweather winning. Because what's he going to do? He has no muscle to even do anything to the big show. Right. I, you know, the whole thing is, is so, you know, it's WrestleMania is the big. It's like the Super Bowl wrestling every year. It's the biggest event. Um, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of hype going into this year, well, they, so we'll see how they do. If you watched ECW, they did a whole, there's now a 24-man battle royal mm. where the winner is now going to face the ECW champion, which no one really cares about. Right. So there's a lot of stuff going on that nobody really cares about. So the booking for WrestleMania really isn't that strong, and we'll see if they put on a good show. I don't what's, know. What's the cost to it's subscribe $60 to $60. To wow. bucks? Because now they're... That's a tank of gas. Now they're offering it in HD. Mm. So they upped the price by ten bucks <laughs> for this. Okay. Contest. So are you uh, subscribing to that, Rick? You're oh, the I, you're the one I'm, I know I'm with, there, man. I'll be using my coupons. Anything close to money? I'll to be burn. having all my cousins, my second cousins, while we crap. Well, I haven't gotten an invitation well, we, from Goodson I've, yet. I've always had a party for WrestleMania that has five years, and I'm not doing it this year because it doesn't interest me at all. Mm. Yeah. At least well, last they, year you had lots of stuff going on. Right. Well, there you have it There's from a real wrestling fan. Nothing happened with the ladies of wrestling at this point. Oh, no, they're having a, a lumberjack playboy bunny match. Hosted by or hosted MC'd by Snoop Dogg. So they got a little star power. Can you explain to me how a lumberjack playboy bunny it's match works? Because it's been a while since yes. I've watched wrestling with any okay, a regularity. Ma- for this match, they're going to have all the divas that aren't in the playboy bunny match surround the ring for some reason. With chainsaws? <laughs> we wish. With feathers. No, no. It's the old style of a lumberjack fight where if you're you fall, encircled. If you, fall out, if you fall out, they're supposed to pick you up and push you back in. There's no We're escaping And they match. can't use their hands. No, no, no. That's something else. <laughs> All right. Then, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're almost to the point where $60 seems like a bargain. <laughs> the, the last, no, the last, it doesn't. The last big match, of course, is for the last couple of years, they've been hyping up you know, Raw versus SmackDown. So to keep with that, they have Umaga taking on... Batista. And apparently for the last couple of times, you know, Batista's just been smashing everybody, showing that he's going to just dominate. It's, it's lame. You know what's funny, though, about that match? There's no consequence. You don't win anything, right? Yeah. Like, SmackDown and Raw doesn't win. It's just for bragging rights. And I thought that match, they could have added a little bit more of a, a prize like a or something. Or, yeah, or something, like, to make it worthwhile. But they didn't even do that. The only problem so. is if they were doing, like, a title shot, they have to throw someone who's more of a main eventer than Omaga. Or even just to play into the storyline with the draft, because I know the draft's coming up. Play like, you know, whoever wins that would get first pick in the draft or some stupid thing like that. Anyways, WrestleMania, not sure if it's worth the money, so we'll see. That's okay. that's pretty much all there is to need to know about and that. So. Thank you, Adam, for coming yes. to the mic. Yes, that was Adam. I forget, what's the last name, Adam? If you like Moral. Adam and you Adam like to hear more of Moral. Adam, Moral. write to... Adam Moral. Write to editor at fanboyplanet.com. That's editor at fanboyplanet.com. Do we need to clarify his name as A-D-A-M instead of A-T-O-M? I don't know. In today's world, you never know. I believe it is A-D-A-M. I believe it is. And Uh, thanks again to Elusive Comics and Games. Absolutely. 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104, Santa Clara, California. Uh, We we broadcast here every Wednesday. We do. Come on down. Hang out. Kick it. Love to see you. And uh, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Lon Lopez, editor-in-chief and awesome guy from MoronLife.com. I'm Rick Brett Snyder, and I'm just loving life. That's good. And remember, use your powers only for good.
This week's podcast is brought to you by Baggage from DC Comics. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Why won't you look at me when we're making love? No. Okay, ready? No, wait a second. Okay, now I'm ready. Hold it. I'm just kidding. Uh